Welcome to the Afterlife Files, where we investigate near-death experiences, share-death experiences, and all things afterlife, and how they affect you. Unlike podcasts that are just stories, we will give you a heads up on what to look for in our conversation, and then after the interview, stick around. We help you make sense of those accounts so that you can incorporate the insights into your life. I think that you'll find that once having your most profound questions answered, living life in the physical is filled with more peace and joy. If you're fascinated by near-death or shared-death experiences and have ever said to yourself, I would love to encounter the same places as experiencers. This is why I've created both guided meditation albums and the extensive five and a half day near death experiential retreat. There's a link below that will give you all of the details and I hope that you will find this a profound way to explore the non-physical universe and easily access expanded states of awareness. This fascinating interview with Reverend Peter Panagor went way longer than normal. As a result, I've broken this podcast into two parts. This part, part number one, Peter describes ice climbing with his partner on a world-famous lower weeping wall along the Icefields Parkway in Alberta, Canada. On their descent, they became trapped on the side of the mountain. As the sun set, he was overcome by exhaustion and hypothermia. He died on the side of that mountain. And in those minutes on the other side, he experienced hell, forgiveness, and unconditional love. Heaven was beautiful. You'll soon discover that Peter has a unique ability to put words to what others would call an ineffable experience. You'll soon discover that Peter has a unique ability to put words to what others would call an ineffable experience. Here's a couple of points to listen for. First, the author F. Scott Fitzgerald famously wrote, quote, the test of a first-rate intelligence is the ability to hold two opposing ideas in mind at the same time and still retain the ability to function. I want you to note how many times Peter uses contrastic environments to describe his experience in the light. Here's several. Empty but full, profoundly dark, yet he has the ability to see almost to infinity. He was in energy, yet outside of it looking in. I hope you're inspired by this cognitive dissonance. If you can learn to trust both to be true, you'll go a long way in understanding the multidimensional nature of this space. Second, he does a nice section describing the role of God in the universe as panantheism. I plucked a helpful graphic from Google. It's great. It'll help. Third, his description of a life review is one of the best I have heard. Fourth, Peter tries to help us understand how in one moment you can understand the total love of the universe. He tries to give us a sense of that by this 
awesome rush of words. It adds emphasis way beyond the words in a visceral way. See if you can feel his words as well as hearing them. Here's our interview with Peter Panagor. Hello, everybody. We've got Peter Panagor with us today. And in preparation for this interview, I have to tell you, you already know the first part because this is, this is one really chilly story that we're going to hear. So <laughs> I've got to get, I got to get ready. <laughs> I got to get them. <laughs> Here we go. Now it's a little hold, hard to hold the script with my mittens on, but I'm. It's cold in here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here we go. The Reverend Peter Panagor was recruited to TV as the fifth minister of America's oldest religious broadcast. Peter's two-minute spot aired for 15 years just before the morning weather on News Center, Maine. And you can hear him talk like that, can't you? News Center, Maine. On two NBC stations, reaching 80,000 viewers a day. Congratulations, that's pretty good. Previously, Peter served in New England as a United Church of Christ minister. His audible bestseller, Heaven is Beautiful, has been optioned for a film. Second congratulations. His first book, Two Minutes for God, is a non-denominational devotional drawn from his 1,700 TV stories. He's working on his third book, built around his talk, and provides mentoring to spiritual seekers worldwide. Welcome, Peter. Woohoo! This <laughs> is okay. So you heard in my uh, introduction part A that um, uh, Peter died while ice climbing. So um, that's of course the reason for this chilliness. Um, so. Welcome again, and Peter, just start us off and, and tell us this great story. So, so good to see you again here, Scott. Thank you for asking <laughs> me. And, and that, I'm so, so excited. So in, in, 19, in 1980, I was a, an exchange student, a national, a national student exchange, and I, during spring break, I got a partner, a climbing partner, and a backcountry ski partner. And we went for a 10-day trip into British Columbia and Alberta. We spent eight days snow caving on backcountry skis with backpacks to a place called Mount Assiniboine. And after that incredibly wonderful adventure, we this is March, okay, and there's 10 feet of snow on the ground. So we 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 went back to the Icefields Parkway where we drove to Weeping Wall, a world-famous ice climb, where we climbed. I'd been a backpacker and a mountaineer, and uh, not like Himalayan mountaineer, but United States mountains, uh, and now Canada uh, Canadian mountains. Winter camper, cross-country skier, national ski patrol, outdoor winter guy, rope climber, rock climber. Never climbed ice before, made a mistake in my equipment, tried to climb with an ax and a hammer, those unequal parts made me uh, exhausted rapidly 
And so it slowed our climb, our climb. There were other teams on the rocks on the ice that day. We ended our climb that evening at sunset, which we were supposed to be down and leaving at that point. But we had just reached the top because of my slowness and hypothermia came. There were three repels. It was a night of terror. I'm not crying now because I went back in 2016 and I faced my trauma. I went back and uh, with the help of some people, uh, my 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 place of 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 terror became a return to humanity. Mm, that's 2016. It was really it was quite a change. So I don't tell my story with tears and and brokenness anymore. But it was a, a an incredibly terrifying night. It was so terrifying, and the drive for survival was so present that I accessed parts of what felt like, in retrospect, my brain, parts of my brain. And while I was experiencing it, it was I, I dug way down deep into like the the what I thought of the, the the mammalian, the original mammalian or reptilian part of my brain, where survival was the only thing that mattered. And, and, and the drive of will that came from that pushed me through my terror because it's dark. It's below, well below freezing. We have hypothermia. I've got frostbite all over me. I still have my digits, but everything is damaged. All of my extremities, everything on me is damaged. And, and when you put, I, I, I have my electric blanket on now. Okay. I'm sitting here with an electric blanket as we speak. Um, and, um, so my, and I'd known I'd send some mittens towards you. Yeah, well, I I have extra set. I've got fingerless gloves. Look at this. These are what I write with every day. They're motorcycle gloves. I love them, but, they, but they keep my hands warm. Um, it's like my fifth pair. It's, I, I, I use them until I wear them out. And anyway, so hyperthermia is a way of slowly dying over a period of time that where the, where your body cools to death. And so by the time we reached the final repel, we were we, after a night of terror and errors and mistakes and, and, and increasing, increasing the death came closer with every step. We, we knew we were going to die. We, we had, we knew we were going to die. We knew our situation was dire and that the only chance we had was to try to fight our way off in the dark. And, but with every single step, we're, we're, we're on these cliffs and, you know, we're not harnessed into anything and it's dark and we're feeling our way along. It's not completely dark. We can sort of see, but it's 500, 600 feet up. We finally reached this last repel and, and this is where I die. and. I'm clipped, I'm clipped into the mountain on a harness. I'm on a harness, harness is on me. And there's a strap that clips into the mountain. It's a, it's a teaching spot. It's a hundred, 150 feet up. It's where the, where people begin. So it's the last rappel and it's straight down. But the rappel that we came down was around the corner and up around the corner, the rope got stuck and I couldn't get it free and hypothermia advanced. And I reached, uh, went through the stages of my body getting hot. Uh, I should explain that that freezing to death, my eyeballs felt frozen. My brain was frozen. It was my reasoning was slow. My I made poor decisions. 
I unzipped my coat when my body got hard, although I, I knew intellectually that this is a stage of hypothermia and the last thing I should do is release this heat. But I started to sweat and so I did. And I remember thinking, I don't really need my hands. I can live without my feet as, as the blood rushed to the core of my being. And it was like, I, I thought this to myself calmly. Oh, I don't, I don't need my hands. That's, it'll be okay. And, and then I had this peace come over me because I realized that I wasn't getting out of here. This was the end game for me. Uh, and, and I started thinking about my parents and my life and God. And then I started to fall asleep and falling asleep was a snap of the fingers. It was just a blackout. I'd collapse. I'd smack the rock. I'd stand back up, repeat this process. And this last time I stood up, the, I got tunnel vision, like a spotlight on a stage going to black and went out and when it went out i watched it i watched this thing and i'm like what is this thing and i and i thought i'm am i falling asleep but it's not like the other sleeps and all these thoughts are running through my head and it goes out and i don't fall asleep i i'm awake still i, I watch it go out and and as it goes out i wait for myself to collapse but i don't really i don't feel my body anymore i don't feel anything anymore in front of me or what would have been the front of me an expanse opened up that was an an infinite darkness that extended a hundred billion light years and way far in the far, far distance was a pinprick of light, like a single star. And this single star, this single pinprick of light, the size of a, like a pinprick came, but it was really highly illuminative. And it came rushing toward me across this incredible expanse and, and communicated to me directly, uh, Light, intelligence, intelligence, like great intelligence and authority and, and mightiness. And it communicated to me telepathically all those things. As it told me, I'm taking you. You're coming with me. And I put up all of my resistance, all of this survival thing, this reptilian thing. I, put, yeah. I took all this like, no, I'm staying here. And reached right into me and plucked me out. And now I'm inside of it. And inside of it, I have two perspectives. I'm outside of it, looking at me inside of it and kind of paralleling it as we go back the way it came. But I'm also inside of it. And it's like a, it's like a huge uh, jellified energy of, of a Higgs like a Higgs boson field of, of where energy and matter are sort of connected a little bit. And there's, and the voice is speaking to me. I'm in it like in a, in like on a cloud. Like, so in the cartoons, they're lounging on clouds. I'm sort of lounging inside of this thing, but it's completely surrounding me and it's transparent. And I have no more agency. I have no more capacity for any decision-making at all. The, and I don't even care. It's speaking inside of me. It's speaking inside of me comfort. It's, it, it has made me extraordinarily comfortable. As it communicated to me, it's immense intelligence and almighty power. And so I am, and I, and I can see out of what, I can see out of the eyes that I have as a, as a sort of a, I don't, and I don't know whether it's an astral body or a light body. I don't know what to call this. It was, I was severed from my body. I'd had mystical experiences as a child and I'd been carried out the silver, proverbial silver cord and back in the, 
the, was the entity of the divine itself. It was mm. the, a, a part of the a part of the angelic form, but there was no connection here. Psh, severed, and and so I am I am inside of this entity, this intelligence, this love, and I'm being swept back up the way that it came. And so now I'm I'm to the edge of where it had entered into this this sort of physicality of a void, and it popped out i popped out of it or it expanded into it 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 was like both things at once it was it was a separate it was a separate entity of the divine self but it was also all that there was and because because when i popped out of it it was like everywhere i was inside this infinite infinite darkness that was also illuminated because i could see in every direction at once and it was but I could see that I couldn't see the beginning of infinity. I could see further than I could ever see, but not the infinity itself. And I was like an orb of consciousness. I was an energy field. I was a, a, a being of that my, my thinking was my seeing, was my self, was my my hearing because hearing comes into this i am i am i am all these things at one time they are not separate functions mm -hmm. they are unified function and i can think faster than i'd ever thought before i had no brain in the way of my processing and i processed where i was like that and in an instant i became aware of my my truer higher fuller uh, eternal, natural, original self. And in this original self, there was an immense amount of remembrance of, oh, me-ness. Oh, me now. Oh, this is who I am and always have been. I had, how, did I, how did I not know this before? I'm, I didn't miss my life at all. There was no I didn't, I was, I was content with what I was and what I was, was alone in this infinity, but this infinity was, that was fullness and energy. And I knew that I was enveloped in it. And so even though I was alone in this, I felt contained, supported, safe. And then a, a and I, I tell all of this, this is all in metaphor, Scott, as I'm sure you know. You have yeah. a, you know, you studied NDEs. It's it's all metaphor. And and so in timelessness. So stop me. I can keep going. Shall I keep going? You want me to stop? Well, this is actually a really interesting thing because not many people have had this black light void experience. It's you know, relatively I, I rare. I describe it as I, I originally described it as nothing. As nothing. Nothing, no thing. And no. at the same time, the last words you just used were in the fullness of energy. Yes, but all metaphor, all yes. of its metaphor. It's, it, I was no thing. There was no thing there that was a molecule. There was no Higgs boson. There were no quarks. There was, no, uh, there was none of that. It's a different level of physics uh, where, where thingness doesn't exist. You know, Max and, Planck talk about, you know, consciousness is the foundation of the universe. It's not the things. It's not the molecules, the quarks, or, you know, up and down Higgs, whatever. No, it's consciousness. That that's the fundamental thing of the universe. And, you know, you're describing that. 
And subsequent to that, in my in my life, panentheism is a word that describes the divine presence inside of all things and above all things. Mm-hmm. The original of the originator. It's what Max Planck was saying, but in a theological language. Yep. And so I pantheism. Panentheism with an E N, not pantheism with an E N. Not the multiple God thing. No. no panentheism with an en in the middle of, of you know okay. pan and en and it's a it's a word i try to push right. i'm a, I'm a I'll word help you, i'll help you push it because i love that word that's great me too i'm a word pusher scott <laughs> <laughs> Are, do you get in trouble with the law with that or is, is it oh okay? we before we came on air we were talking about authority and what and the ears um, what rules we follow? Uh, I've had trouble skinny dipping. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, too much information. Too much. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. It all worked out great. I, I didn't get the. I didn't get the seventy thousand dollar fine. She let me go. <laughs> Ooh, that's a lot for being nude. <laughs> it was pretty serious. It turns out. Okay. Um, Anyway, so you're in the you're in this space. I'm in this space. I'm in this space. No thing. And I am no thing and I am my true self. And and in in this fullness that is emptiness, mm-hmm. a, a a portal opens. And in my book I describe it as a as a door and I give it dimensionality. But there is no dimensionality here. All it's just much much bigger than me. And it's and now these days I've been describing it as a waterfall because it's because well because that's how I experienced it. It was it was white light as a waterfall, but it was also made up of ten billion sparkles. Like this, in this place where I died, the sky, the skyscape at night, ten billion stars and galaxies of all these different colors. Because there's no light pollution for from there to the Arctic circle. And, and it is, and it's like, it's like that. There are only, there's, there's colors like, like you never see before. And so it's, it's pure white light and all these individuated facets of color all at the same time. It's both. And it has a surface to it. I can see the surface of it. I can see it flow. I can see into it. It's translucent. It has depth to it. And I can see through it all at the same time. It's transparent and it leads deeper into the infinity. And I am, and it is a compulsion. A compulsion arises in me for its beauty. Its beauty and its energy just attract me. And I touch it with my being, my not being. And it flows into me. And then all these things happened simultaneously. And I, 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 I'm going to tell it with hell first and self-identity after, but that's not the way I experienced it. Got it's it. not, not chronological. So, so as it flowed into me, I saw my, my human self as I had lived. I, I saw myself and I experienced myself uh, all the pain that had given away in my life from the interior personal perspective as it happened of every single person that I heard in my life in a chronological order. 
And I was inside of all of them feeling their chemical, emotional reactions and angers and confusions and hurts from their point of view, simultaneous to experiencing it from my previously human point of view with all of my reasons and justifications for causing them that pain and the disproportion between my rationalizations or emotional responses uh, that caused me to, the wounds I had caused me to wound um, were disproportionately tiny in comparison to the pain that I actually gave away in each Ooh. event. Each if in all of that pain that I gave away in each event was mine. It turned out I gave it to myself and that, and that that's where it lived and it lived inside of me. And, and, and I, I judged myself guilty for having made choices of causing so much pain. And I wasn't a bad person. I, you know, I just was a guy who grew up in America doing guy things. Not, you know, we all got in trouble here and there. I got in trouble anyway. And, um, you know, troublemaker. <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, so, and I turned out okay. Um, so, <laughs> eccentric, but okay. So. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, because of this, because of this, this is what really, this is the seminal event of, that changed everything about me. Um, and so. I, I see my, I experience all the pain that I gave away. And meanwhile, the voice, and I'm going way too long here, Scott. We're way over. It, keep, keep running. I'm, I'm all right. Okay. I can't, I can't wait for the next bit. So, so, so I, I have the experience of the, the divine pouring love into me, love that had always been there, love that had always existed, forgiveness that was always on offer. And I saw the, I saw the essential broken nature of all of humanity and all of the universe and the, the, the choices that I made, even though I chose to cause this pain, wasn't my fault because of the design, because of the coding of the universe. It was built this way. Everything is broken. I love you as you are. I love you. I've always loved you. I experienced your life with you. There was nothing about you that is unhidden from me. And I've loved you through all of this pain and suffering that you caused. I love this through everything. I love you as the divine being of love that I made. And I saw the origin of myself. I saw myself as a, a single photon from one of a 10 billion zillion Googleplex photons that were the, the whole consciousness itself. But I was one separate reduction of it and called into being. I saw myself being called into being. I saw the, the, the length, breadth, and depth of my everlasting soul. I saw individual lives. I was living multiple lives at the same time because of timelessness, and none of those lives matched anything near the capacity of the original nature of my being. And all that mattered was, was that I was light made from light, and that it became the most important point of, of, of existence for me. And, and as I saw its reality, and so I am fully forgiven and, and, and all of this love, which multifaceted, like all these different colors of light on, on the waterfall, they all 
are like joy and beauty and adoration and love and hope and understanding and knowledge, and like knowledge, like cosmic knowledge and, and bliss and paradise and awe and healing and, and well-being and adoration and all of these things expand inside of me and beauty until I become in a, in a state of union where, where one more bit of one more facet would have obliterated me back into the divine self. And I would have ended as a, a separate entity. And then I was reduced back down and, and shown that this was my true self. Mm-hmm. And that, that I, then I was reduced back down to a much smaller size uh, back with a relationship to my humanity, my, my recently previous humanity. And I remembered my family. My sister had vanished when I was a kid, run away, broke my family. It's why I was there. It's what I was worried about. Taking my parents would lose another child. The child who's estranged is never buried, but always grieved. And yeah. so, um, and so I was ever going to really lose me. And, and I said, my parents, I can't leave them. Do I have to stay? I was being invited into the wellness and oneness of being come. It's your time. Come to us. Um, and I, and I, I said, am I dead? The voice said, yes. I said, but I can't go yet because of this thing with my parents. Uh, and in the, in the moment that I said that I was swept across heaven to the edge of the creation of our universe where I, I was sort of part of my beingness was poked outside of heaven and I could see the universe. I could see all these galaxies. I could see almost to the origin of the beginning of the universe, but before I could see full to the end, my focus was brought way close in to earth, like right into earth. And I could see all of earth and every single human being on it and every single human being in a live time feed. Like I could see everybody at once and everybody has a golden speck, a golden flake of love and light inside them. And nobody can see it in anybody else. Everybody's covered and separated, covered over with a great depth, uh, all of earth and, and separated. Everybody's separated by this foam, this foam that they can't see through, but I can see it and I can see it in murderers and I can see it in newborn babies and I can see it in, in CEOs and, and teachers. I can see it in everybody and nobody can see it like I can see it. And the voice says to me, uh, in the way that I love you now. And when it said this, I could see my, my attention was taken to the origin of the universe, and it became this multiplicity of universes going back eon upon eon upon eon, and all of them spilled toward me with this intensity of a singular love, of an eternal nature of love that in the voice and in a panentheistic way, said, all of this is made of me and all of this is made of love. And I am love forever and ever was, is, and always shall be. And I love you. And all this love poured into me. And as it poured into me, I felt the particularity of my own belovedness. But as I looked at everyone on earth, I saw that everyone was particularly beloved as I was. And there was no differentiation in the golden fleck inside the origin of everyone's being. And then my parents' faces showed up. And my parents, I saw all of their suffering that they had endured since my sister left when I was 14. And and all of their anguish. And then I saw parallel tracks of lives. I saw their life with me. 
and I saw their life without me. And I, and as I saw these, I had a comparison of the, of additional suffering without me. But I saw at the end of both tracks of life that they were with me in this reality of the divine presence of love. And that because of that, their well-being was always assured. Never was it in question. And, and, and their healing and wholeness was going to be the same as mine. And, and because the length of my life, I was shown the length of my life was the wink of an eye. Like yeah. that fast time is like over. And, and because of that, the voice said, they'll be here in a moment. You, you, can, you can stay. And I said, but I can see in the time that they're going to live that for them, it's not going to be a moment. For them, it's going to be a lifetime of, of worse breakage. And I said, I haven't, I haven't gone into the fullness of your being yet. Do I have to? And the, and the <laughs> I voice, love that. Do I have to? That sounds a little whiny there. Well, do I have to? Because I'm in the presence of immense infinity, like all power there is. Who am I to ask? Really? So I, I'm like, do I have to go? And, and, and I haven't gone yet. Do I have to go? It was, there was defiance in it, okay? Now that I'm saying this. There's there's, a, uh, there seems to be a theme here. Yeah, well, there's definitely, I have, right, I do, I have that theme. Um, if you tell me that it's impossible for me to try to do that, I will show that I can. Um, and most of the time I succeed. Sometimes I don't, but not. so anyway, um, it says to me, it's time for you to come home. They'll be well. I say, I haven't gone all the way. They say, no. I say, if I go back, can I come back here to this divine beingness? And the voice said, yes, you can come back here. And I say, well, then I choose to live my life, meaning I want to go in the physical. In the physical, I want to go back and, and eliminate suffering for my parents that they will never know that they didn't have. They'll never know that life path. Right. And, and so the voice says, yes, and kicks me out, flicks me out like a, like a little, like a, you know, off your fingertip, a little pebble. And I shoot off and I get denser as I go. And the angelic form is with me. The voice, it, the, there's no separation between the angelic vo- being and the voice. They are one thing. And it's with me and it speaks to me and says, choose. And in front of me, there are a million doorways. And in the center of these million doorways is a is a is an extraordinarily wide beam of divine light, like a laser shooting into it. And it's illuminated. And then it the light gets as it gets further to the outer edge of the edge of the million, it gets fainter and fainter and fainter. And it says to me, choose. And I know that it wants me to choose the fullness of the light, but I want some self. And so I choose some self. I can't not choose light. I, I choose, I choose a lot of light, but I choose self. And I enter into this doorway in an instant, the choice is made. And I see all these probabilities of my life of all the lives, I could see all of the lives, but I see the one that I was in. And, and I see that if I'm, if I, I see that I can work my way back to the light, but 
I'm not, I'm just kind of like this as that goes by because I'm driven right back down to my body and crushed back down, like in a compactor and then squished back inside this physical form and awakened to suffering. And my whole body is full of pain. I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I am. I don't understand what happened to me. I just know that I'm confined and, and in pain. And, and as my brain comes online, I hear, I come back to life. I hear my partner, Tim, screaming and yelling and crying. And I feel this thing that, that, that I'm in shaking and jostling. And, and I get I know, my eyes open and he's like, oh, you were dead. You were dead. And he's pulling me up and you were dead. Um, if you died, I was going to die. And, and, and all this week. So in all 10 days of, of backcountry avalanche, we came to an avalanche area. We, we had some disasters when we were, we were skiing. But in all through this night, Tim never lost his head until I died. And when I died, I, he, when I came back, he regained his composure. And we, the rope came free on the first pull. We'd been stuck really? for freaking... We'd been stuck for hours, hours. And I don't, I don't, maybe because I, maybe I rolled off the cliff. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it came loose. All I know is that eventually he got me to understand enough language came back online. I don't even, okay. So I'm looking at this guy and I'm thinking, what is he? Not who is he, but what is he? What is this place? Where am I? And, and I finally get the rope pulled and it comes free. And we descend and we self-treat for hypothermia in the tent with a heater. It's a it's an Arctic tent, so it's got a chimney and a vent. It's very he had a he had all the best gear. It was really good. Actually, he supplied a lot of the gear. He was, was good stuff. Um, and when we heated up enough of our body, we got in the car and used the car to warm ourselves back up. And and then it goes so so that's it. And I I talked way more than ten minutes, Scott. <laughs> you think? And I tried to tell it wicked fast. Oh my gosh. This is one of the most articulate descriptions of a blacklight NDE I have ever come across. I've listened to this interview a couple of times just to savor his word choices. I hope you do the same. That led me to some insights. Just to be clear, these are my viewpoints, but that's why you watch The Afterlife File, to gain perspective by using more than one lens with which to view this rich information. Some of it could use expansion, so let's do that. First off, filter. The idea that our brain acts as a filter to let in only the most necessary information from all the information that's available to us in the universe. This was particularly evident when he said, and I'm quoting, my thinking was my seeing, was myself, was my hearing. I am all these things at one time. They are not separate functions. I can think faster than I've ever thought before. No brain is in the way of my processing, end quote. Not only is the brain a filter, note how he says it inhibits thought, that the brain is not required for processing consciousness. Isn't that great? Okay, number two, negotiations. Here, anything seems possible. When Peter was shown the multiple timelines of his parents with and without his presence, he had a choice. Reminder, 
he could also choose how much connection to the divine he wanted in his return life. Point number three. I was impressed with the divine intervention as the stuck rope that caused his death was released immediately upon coming back to the physical so both he and his climbing partner could repel off the mountain to start the job of recovering their wounded bodies. Okay, fourth, coding of the universe. Peter used the term broken to describe the operation of the non-physical universe. That term has religious overtones to me. I'm not sure that the world of duality coded for contrast is broken, think bad, if it's designed to give us a particular type of experience apart from the unity experience that we all came from. And just to remind us all, we signed up for this trip into duality, by the way. And fifth, we are created in the image of God. His metaphor was a golden flake embedded in us, covered up with humanity's physical foam. He was clear. We all have that spark of divinity in us. We all have that golden flake. No exceptions. I hope that videos such as this can give you some insight on what near-death and shared-death experiencers discover about the afterlife, the nature of consciousness, and how to live your life more fully. In addition, I have six albums that you can use to start your exploration on your own. If you're ready to jump all in, the best way to experience the other side is to participate in our five and a half day retreat. This retreat has two trainers, 25 exercises into the non-physical universe and the distinct advantage of supportive group energy and intention. I would encourage you to go down below and look at the links associated with the NDE retreat. These links will take you to the information on the different elements of the course and the skill set that you'll learn. This course uses binaural beat technology so that you can attain and sustain expanded states of consciousness easily and safely. That means this course is perfect for both adept meditators and newbies. Everyone will benefit. All right. Part one of this interview was about the details of Reverend Panagor's blacklight experience and what he came to understand about the nature of the universe and what it means to be human. Be sure to listen to part two of this interview where the two of us get a chance to have a conversation about what it's like to return to the physical with everything changed. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe, and comment. You can find the Afterlife Files on all podcast streaming apps, Apple, Google, Spotify, Audible, the lot. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, or pay us a visit at our website, neardeathmeditations.com. I'll repeat that, neardeathmeditations.com. Bye now. See you next time, and thanks for joining us. <laughs>